You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another, well, thought-provoking episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. My name's Rob. So glad to be here with you today. Thank you for joining us. Super, super appreciated. No, you have a lot of choices and uh, means a lot that you're hanging out with us. So hopefully we give you some good info. That's the plan. It's always the plan. It is always the plan. And today we are talking about when you go out, you do that drone operation. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the hundredth time. Maybe it's the first time that you're doing, well, a mapping mission. And uh, maybe you need to know how high those obstacles are so that when your drone is flying autonomously, well, you don't hit anything. Maybe you need to know. I say that jokingly because I, re- <laughs> I, know you I do. recently <laughs> did a podcast interview with someone who is in the process of building a mapping drone and uh, had mentioned that, you know, when they guess what the height is with obstacles and like, I was like, um... What? And we I no was longer like, have to guess. Um, you could just go measure mocha. And then like it, the 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 term mocha wasn't known. And I was like, I was like, oh no, we we need to restart this interview. <laughs> but um today we are talking about mocha, minimum obstacle clearance altitude. Yes, FAA, that is actually a term. On that bombshell, let's play the question. <laughs> oh wow. Hello, drone you. Let me say thank you first. Um, Your courses have been incredibly helpful for me as a Part 107 pilot, and this podcast has actually been incredibly helpful for me prior to getting a Part 107 license, and it was actually one of the things that kind of pushed me over the edge to go and take that extra step. So, that being said, I live in an area that's a little bit different than what I see in most of your tutorial videos. We have a lot of terrain here, and we have a lot of trees. I'm already using a program called Maps Made Easy, which has uh, terrain awareness based on the space shuttle terrain mission. However, that data is not super accurate and doesn't take into account tree heights. And it's old at this point. How would you go about calculating MOCA when you're going to be using it with a program like Maps Made Easy? Thank you for all you do, and I look forward to hearing my answer. I love how you said that, my answer. That's great. Thank you for your question. We really do appreciate it. AskDroneU.com for your question. Same place that William left his. And uh, yeah, he's absolutely right. Out here in the uh, Southwest, most of the training videos that we do don't have a lot of trees. I guess we could go up into the East Mountains. I was going to say, yeah, generally, you know, the old adage generalizations never really work. I mean, it's what, a 25-minute drive, and there's 60, 70-foot tall, tall trees? Oh, yeah, yeah. We could so, definitely go back there and yeah. do a video on exactly what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I Maybe would actually, we should. I would argue that New Mexico has some of the most diverse terrain in the entire country. Um, I mean, because you have these old mining towns that are thriving still to this day, like Las Vegas, New Mexico, and you have that old Victorian, uh, you know, architecture with the mountainous background and tall trees, and it looks so different. Oh, for sure. No, New Mexico's got the southern tip of the Rockies. It's, uh, ah, I actually love it. All the way down to the... uh, 
Ah, the Swiss cheese-filled uh, plains of, of Clovis is what I call them. And the reason I call them Swiss cheese holes is because if you ever go out on a ranch uh, down in that area, the Hobbs area, the Clovis area, it is very flat. That's kind of where the West Texas uh, kind of environment starts, the Permian Basin. And I call it holy well, or Swiss cheese, whichever. Uh, <laughs> Not holy as in holy. Or... Yeah, well, yeah, we know. We know. It <laughs> okay. definitely, we, yeah. Um, but it's because of all of the tarantula holes. That's where they make all their nests is uh, they have these holes. Yeah. Ugh. No, I mean, like, it, you got, it's beautiful. Um, I don't I, like spiders. But I don't like spiders either. But it's really weird because I have interacted with tarantulas numerous times on drone jobs. And they are probably one of the coolest animals I've ever come into contact with. They are so afraid of you. It's not even funny. They are so beautiful, too. They really are. I mean, like, I know you've seen the picture on my phone mm-hmm. down in Roswell. And mm-hmm. there was a tarantula the size of my hand. Yeah. And I put a business card next to it just for scale so you could see how big it was. And he posed for you. He did. He didn't even <laughs> care. I picked up my business card, drove around him, and went my way, you know? So well, um, They are fascinating animals, or I guess not animals, but insects. Yeah. If you are ever in the Southwest, uh, just go outside around sunset in a non-populated uh, area. I guarantee you driving down a dirt road, if you see a little black thing rush across the road, especially in the fall, it's mating season and... And uh, you will see all kinds of tarantulas. But anyway, hmm. getting getting back to this question on mocha. Um, first of all, greatly, greatly appreciate this question. I love these nuanced questions because it really gets into things that you could really only learn if you're out there doing it. And it provides us an opportunity to help you, but also provides us an opportunity to be the reluctant hero. At least we hope so. So that said, you know, I love the specificity in the question as well. He already knows the data set that's being used for terrain awareness is an older data Mm -hmm. set. So actually, I'm pretty sure Drone Deploy offers terrain awareness now. And I want to say it's a newer data set. And I've talked to Andrew and Matt about this, and I totally forget which data set it is, and I I apologize, uh, dear question asker, but there are other apps to do terrain awareness. That said, unless you have like a huge deviation in elevation, you know, terrain awareness, you can get around using terrain awareness in numerous ways. So he's talking about, you know, how do I go out and, and measure MOCA, right? Minimum obstacle clearance altitude. We talk about this in the mapping class. I've got a great video and tutorial on it now. And uh, in all honesty, we do not use any mapping application to go measure MOCA. Um, And now I'm sure the question that this caller has is probably along the lines of, okay, well, if you go out and you measure MOCA in, say, DJI Go 4, you know, how do you know that the way the drone is calculating elevation is going to be the same in your mapping application? And so the the answer to that is, well, with all the different mapping applications, I don't know. Um, But with the mapping applications that I use, Mm -hmm. I know very well. And that said, typically I have a rule of thumb. And my rule of thumb is that when I, you know, when I go out and search for MOCA, so I take off, do my battery test, num- rule number three of uh, takeoff. When I go out and do that, 
The next thing I do is measure mocha and then obviously, you know, do a 360 and make sure that the mocha that I just measured is the highest mocha. And then if it's not, go measure another mocha. If you don't know how to measure mocha in DJI Go 4, if you're a Drone U member, you already have access to this. So uh, make sure to go check it out because we've got a really, really cool video that literally shows you what the telemetry, what the app looks like, exactly how to measure mocha. And we also talk about how that can change how mocha, the value can change or deviate based off of a couple of key hmm. variables. So make sure you check that out. That being said, what I typically do is I just use a rule of thumb, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It's always worked. Love it. Uh, so I go to the highest, uh, the highest obstacle and I typically, actually Doug and I figured this out, typically stay 25 to 30 feet over the obstacle. There's a couple points to this. Point number one is that when you're sub 20 feet over an obstacle like a tree or like a, a light stand, you're just too close to actually include that imagery into the map. Mm -hmm. So having a 25 to 30 foot gap means that whatever you're measuring mocha over, that obstacle will be included in the map. Got it. In addition, some people will go 30 to 40 feet because there may be some deviation between how elevation is being measured and then how it's being reported in, let's say, the app that you're mapping in. And there, there can be a very significant deviation, which is why I've tried to actually stay away from using uh, terrain mm -hmm. awareness, even though it is a topic that I teach in the, uh, in the class. Sure. So that said, Rob... Um, you really don't know when you go out and measure Mocha. Let's say I do it with the app, uh, DJI Go app, and then let's say that I'm now using Maps Made Easy. There is probably going to be a clear deviation between the elevation, but what you can do is free flight in the apps and see what the elevation is to really test that against what you just measured. Just make sure you take off from the same spot. That being said, again, my rule of thumb is 25 to 30 feet, and I try to avoid using terrain awareness whenever I can. In the DroneU mapping boot camp, I do go over another way to do terrain awareness that works just as well, hmm. and I really recommend checking it out. And I'm cool. not going over it on the show because it's way too valuable to give out for free. So, um, And I, I think a lot of people have said how much information we give on the podcast and how helpful it is. If it's been helpful to you, uh, maybe considering uh, going in for a deep dive, right? Because it's just like part 107. If you just scratch the surface, you're never really going to be truly successful. You're not going to be able to handle the pressure when something goes wrong. And when something goes wrong, it's going to go real wrong, which is why you need to be prepared in how to avoid emergencies, how to really understand your drone, and how to ensure that you're not going to run into these problems. If you're like me and you like avoiding embarrassing moments in front of clients, then you may want to just check out the <laughs> dozens of classes that we have here at DroneU. And if you've been listening to this show and you've been thinking about dipping your toes in, tell me a better time than right now to become a DroneU member. You got a lot of time at home. A lot of people are bored. They're tired of watching the same thing. Mm -hmm. You need a way to feed the mind. And you know what, Rob? I can't think of a better way to reach Zen than taking flight and exploring the world around me. It's very calming. I, I love it. I don't, don't do it enough, actually. I agree. Hmm. should go charge some batteries. I might need to go fly yeah. right after this. On that note, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, my name is Paul. My name is Rob. This is Ask Drone You, where you can submit your questions at askdroneyou.com. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform inspire 
and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.